and uh, 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 he had to have a, a procedure on it, and it even caused the early onset of dementia and, and different things. Well, here's the thing. He's sitting there in his hospital room, bandaged up, and the doctor comes in and is talking to him, and, and, and the man goes, well, doc, he said, uh, when, when can I get going? He said, because I've got, uh, I've got a speaking engagement in a few weeks. And the man looked at him, and he said, uh, the doctor looked at him and said, you don't understand. He said, you'll never speak like you used to speak. And just walked out of the room. And the man looked at his daughter that was sitting there and said, okay, we got to figure out a way for me to say these things because I still got a lot more to say. And so instead of him standing on the, on the stage and saying just by himself, they produced an inter- interview format where she was able to pose the question, jog his memory, and he could still speak. And they did over 110, 110 uh, events that way. Now, now notice, notice, notice. The doctor said, you'll never do it. He didn't lend his authority to that. He said, then we got to figure out a way to do it differently. Amen. I I was in another situation with with an individual minister and was there. I was there at the hospital, the doctor's visit. And the doctor looked at them and said, this man had been a minister his whole life evangelist and he looked at the man and he said this is my father as a matter of fact and he said uh you don't understand you will never travel and preach again you will never do it and i couldn't get my dad to answer that i'm not running my dad down he brought me to jesus i love my father but but understand i could not get him to answer that he just he just he lent his authority to it When something comes up, what you say in that moment is directing it the way it's supposed to go. Am I helping you? Amen. They said he's sick. Jesus said the end result won't be death. They said if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Jesus said he'll live again. Amen. What does that mean? You've got to answer it. You've got to answer things. I, I'm telling you today, I can say it, but you got to say it. Things aren't falling apart for you. Your world is not falling apart. All things are working together for your good. Why? Because you love God and you are the called according to His purpose. And as you pray in the Holy Spirit about those things, God will begin to work them out. God will show you favor. God will meet your need. God will make it work out for your good. Amen. Now, but here's the thing. How did he do this? And people say he was Jesus. Nope. He did it as a man with authority. He did it as a man with authority. Jesus wouldn't even get get involved in their mourning. Well, it says he wept. He was weeping over their unbelief. If, if you read that in, in, in the whole chapter, if you read it in, in a Greek interlear or the Greek rendering, it, he's exasperated. When it says he groaned in his spirit, and when you read commentaries, they'll say, look at the humanity of Jesus. He was so bereaved over the passing of his, son, of his friend. He was there to raise him from the dead. He's crying about somebody he's about to raise from the dead. 
When it says he groaned in his spirit, he was exasperated. It wasn't a, a mournful groan. It was more of a, oh. And then, he, boy, they just capped it off with that unbelief, and he wept. My goodness. Amen. And then when he prayed at, at, at the tomb, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not praying. I'm praying for those that stand around me because you heard me. I know you heard me, and you always hear me. Right? He didn't lend his authority to that. You got to answer it. Notice in Matthew 8. Am I helping you this morning? Hallelujah. This, listen, this is the church's finest hour. We're on the stage like we've never been before. Amen. Folks, you can't wrapped up in who's doing what and who's saying what you you got to keep your focus on what God told you to do the world's going to be the world they're going to do what they do unbelievers are going to be unbelievers but let's just us do what we do Matthew 8 verse 5 notice and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying Lord my servant lies at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my word. According to the law. This wasn't this man just thought bad of himself. According to the law, a a, a Jewish rabbi could not come under the roof of a Gentile. It was forbidden. Now, when you read in the other accounts, this man had sent a group of Jewish scribes to get Jesus. And they said, now, now notice, they said, his servant is homesick. Come lay your hands on him. And they said, he's worthy for you to do this because he's built us a synagogue. See, uh, uh, under the old covenant, if, if you were good to the Jewish people and you did acts of benevolence, God said, okay, then, then you can come under the roof. Now, I'm, I'm saying that for a reason. Mark says the centurion came. These men came first. So Jesus is on the way. And then the centurion comes and says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Notice, but speak the word only. Now, this is important because so very often, uh, this is kind of where we faith people, and we should, we get hung up right here. Speak the word only. All you got to do is speak the word. There's a reason. There's a reason. And this man explains it. He says, speak the word only. Notice, and my servant shall be healed. But hang on. There's a word that starts off the next sentence. Four. Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Four. Or because. I am a man under authority. Now, fill in the blanks. He says, he's saying this, here's what I know. If you speak the word, here's what I know, happens when words are spoken. I say to this man, go. And he thinks about it. No? Oh, he goes. I say to another, come. And he comes. I say to this man, do this. And what what happens? He does it. Is that right? 
The Lord told Charles Caps, he said, if my people understood authority the way this man understood authority, they could operate in the level of faith he operated in. You can't separate faith and authority. And, and Jesus, notice, he said, I am not found so great faith, not in Israel. Where did that come from? The part of the verse where he said, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, okay, I haven't found that great faith in, in Israel. But the man had an understanding of authority. I say to one, go, and he goes. I tell this one to come, and he comes. I tell this one to do it, and he does this. Amen. The centurion said, speak the word only because of his understanding of authority. When you understand authority, your faith goes to another level. Because I understand if I say it, I've got it. Amen. And remember what I've been having you say a lot lately? And, and, and you should say it regularly about those things. You will hinder me no more. Amen. Say that. I'd say, devil, devil, in that area, Amen. you will hinder me no more. Me no more. Say it one more time. Say, devil, devil. in that area, Amen. you will hinder me no more. That's it. Amen. He said to Jesus, speak the word only. Because of his understanding of authority. He knew, notice this, that the authority to cause these reactions was contained in words. If you don't say it, you can't get it. If you don't tell it to move, it's not moving. If you don't tell it to stop, it's not stopping. Amen. I learned that years ago. To, to say to circumstances, you cease in your activity against me in Jesus' name. Debt, you cease in your activity against me. Poverty, you cease in your activity against me. Amen. Why? Because poverty is not part of the kingdom. Destruction is not part of the kingdom. Yeah, but you know, we live in a fallen world that you're not a part of. We're in the world, we're not of the world. What's the Bible say? You are of God. You are of the kingdom. Why? The Bible says you were born of the kingdom. Is that right? So you got to think different. You know, I've been privileged to minister in many foreign nations. And you know what I hear so many ministers say? And it just, I just want to laugh at them and say, well, what would you think? They'll, they'll say, well, yeah, you'll, you'll get somewhere with them in a foreign nation. They'll go, well, sure not America, is it? Well, what do you think? We're in Africa. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not America. <laughs> well, you, well, you can't get what you need here. Can not like America, is it? No. <laughs> and they'll ask me, well, what's the food like? Not like you're used to. Amen. Now, I'm, sa- I'm saying this for a reason. You don't go to a third world country and expect what you can get in America. You don't live in the kingdom and expect the same things to happen to you that happen to the world. You're in the kingdom. I'm in the kingdom. My finances go the way the kingdom says they go. Your life goes the way the kingdom says it goes. 
Right? In the kingdom you give and it's given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. God causes men to give into your bosom. That's the whole concept of the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Men giving into your bosom. But, but you have to be saying that. Hallelujah. But people say, well, don't look like there's going to be enough this month. Why would you lend your authority to that? Your finances will start rebelling against prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we talked about that earlier in this series. That the very thing that God gave Adam dominion over, when Adam lost his authority and gave up his authority is a better phrase, the very thing that was intended to bring him victory began to rebel against him. The ground that he had authority over started rebelling against him and brought forth weeds and thorns and thistles. And God said, no more is it just going to bring forth for you. You're going to have to work to make it bring forth. When Jesus came and gave us back our authority, He delivered us from toil. I don't have to work and break my back to get what God said already belonged to me. Now you understand what I mean by that? You need to have have a job. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. But you understand what I mean? And very often people just put that in the context of grace. There's no more works. You don't have to do anything to get God's favor. You don't have to do anything to get God's blessing. You don't have to do anything to get the prosperity of God other than do what God said. Amen. Amen. Well, it can't be easy. How often do you say that? I've had people come up to me and say, I enjoyed what you preached, but you just don't understand. They're about to tell me how what Jesus said doesn't apply to them. <laughs> I've had pe- I, 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 I was teaching a prosperity seminar in, uh, in DeSoto uh, when we first started the church. On a Friday evening, I had these prosperity seminars, and I was teaching the seven laws of biblical prosperity. And, man, we, we were talking about that. And there was a, an older gentleman there. God bless him. I love him. He's still alive, still living for the Lord, loves Jesus. But uh, he came to me and he said, now, brother, you know, you've been talking about debt freedom and how you can do things debt free. He said, but you're trying to convince them young people in there that they can get a house without a note. And I'm thinking, I was quoting scripture. Where he said, I'll give you houses. Right? I was quoting scripture. Now, it'll take you some time to build your faith there, but why would you talk against that? Why would you say the only way to get a house is to go in debt? Or the only way to have a good car is to get a note? Or the only way you can get by in this world, got to have good credit. Don't have good credit, you're stuck. Well, I realize good credit can help you with the world system. But the system of the kingdom is not borrowing. You will lend and not borrow. I believe that's under the blessing. You will lend to many nations under the blessing and not borrow. Under the curse. You will be debtors. Now don't get, don't, don't get condemned if you have debt. But here's, here's the point that I'm making. 
why would I say that's the only way when the kingdom system is different? Mm. I think I lost my crowd. Anyway, amen. Do, do, do you see that? It's what I'm saying. It's what I'm saying. It's what I'm saying. And in, in, in ever what it is. Ever what it is. When, when, right? There, there are Christians that will make jokes and laugh about it. Well, the Bible says the meek will inherit the earth, but by that time the taxes will be so high nobody will want it. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and it is funny, but just think about what was released. Tell you what, if the government keeps going, all of us are going to be broke. There's none we can. They're just going to tax us to death. You just lent your authority to that. The Bible says that they came to Jesus, to, to Peter one day, and said, does your master pay taxes? And Peter said, of course. Well, he shouldn't have answered for Jesus, but he did. And when they got back to the house, Jesus said, uh, Peter, what do you think about this? He said, what's that, Lord? He said, uh, 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 who pays taxes? He says, is it the, the children of the kingdom or the children of the world? He said, well, the children of the world. He said, well, we're of, of the kingdom. Talking about the temple tax. And he said, but uh, 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 so it'll look right for you and me. He said, go down to the sea and the first fish you catch, there'll be money in his mouth go pay our taxes. What does that mean? That means I'm authorized that no matter how high taxes get to always have enough for every tax that comes. They keep going. It's going to be 50%. We're going to be giving 50%, 60% of our income away. Boy, your income's got to get big then, doesn't it? If they're going to tax you to 60 or 70%, then you've got to make a lot of money. Mm. Look, look at Matthew 16. I'm almost done. Oh, hallelujah. Not hallelujah that I'm almost done, but hallelujah. I'm enjoying myself. Amen. Listen, I, I know what it's like. I, I'm going to share this with you because it's important. I, I got time. I got 10 minutes. Listen, all my life, all I heard was how steels couldn't get ahead. They were always poor, always broke. I, you, listen, if you were a steel, you had to at least once in your life drive a car that had the muffler hanging with baling wire. At least once. You had to. Because you, that was a rite of passage. Amen. You had to drive around on bald tires because that's, that was just the way it was. Amen. Everybody was broke, everybody was sick, everybody struggled. But you know, I found when I found in the Word of God where He said that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you through His poverty might be rich. That ended it. That ended it. I'm not going to fall in line and tow the steel family mark just because that's the way they say it needs to be. Amen. 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 Are you following me? Yes, now notice, Matthew chapter 16. 
And verse 18, I say unto you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now that's important because gates are always indicative of governance and authority in the Bible. When, when, you re, when you read through the scripture, part of the blessing in Genesis 23, when, when Abraham went to Mount Moriah and God spoke to him, he said, now I know that you'll do what I ask because you've not withheld your son. And he said, I'm going to bless you and your seed will possess the gates of his enemies. Well, the Bible says that if you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. So the gates, the power, the authority of hell cannot, will not, ever prevail against the church. You've you got to understand something. There's nothing wrong with the church. I defy that assumption. There's nothing wrong with the church. But, but all you hear is this. Church is weak. Church is not doing their job. What's happened to church? Bunch of cowards in the church. I don't know what church you're going to. I don't, I don't know what church you're speaking of. That's not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not weak. The body of Christ is not, not failing. The body of Christ is not missing the mark. Well, then why are all these things happening? Because the Bible says these things must come to pass. We are in the last days. There are things we're going to see. There are things our authority won't change because God said it's going to come to pass. But here's what else I know. There are things God said about the church in the last days that nothing can change either. And He said they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. He said the righteous would shine like the stars of the sky. He said that in the last days there would be a move of God in the church like nobody has ever seen before and we're right in in the middle of it. We are entering into it. God is doing what He said He would do. Don't, don't start using your words to hurt the church. Oh, hallelujah. Then He said, I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whew. I'm going to try to get through this. Whatever you bind, whatever you forbid. Now that's so important. Because I hear people say this all the time. Well, nothing you can do about it. That's not what Jesus said. Now look where authority is for use in the earth. The seat of authority is heaven. That's, that's where that authority began. But it was given to man for use on earth. There is nothing to bind in heaven. There are no enemies in heaven. There are no devils in heaven. The devil doesn't have access to heaven. Why? Because the Bible says the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Cast down, which did accuse them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus cleansed the heavenly utensils of worship. Well, God's throne is on the mercy seat. The devil can't come in somewhere that's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. If that's, that's why if you're born again, you can't have a devil. 
I should say that again. If, if you're born again, you, you can't be possessed in your spirit by a demon. It's impossible. It's a closed system. You can be oppressed in your mind, but you can get rid of that. Here, here's the point that I'm making is this. The devil has no access to heaven. He has no access to God. He accuses you to you. Hallelujah. And he said that the authority, whatever you bind on earth, what you forbid on earth. So what does that mean? You're never just saying. Did Jesus say that? Then what you bind, what you forbid, is forbidden. Where? On earth. Who has the authority on earth? We do. You do. Amen. That, that will not cause me a problem in Jesus' name. I forbid it. Amen. That will not come near my home in Jesus' name. I forbid it. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. In, in, in whatever area, you need to forbid shortage, forbid lack. Forbid it. You're, you're not operating here. Why? Because Jesus said, what I forbid is forbidden. Amen. Why? Because Jesus regained the authority Adam gave away. And he said at least twice, at least twice, in the book of Luke, twice, and in the book of Matthew chapter 28, one time, he said, all this authority has been given to me, and I'm giving it to you. Now that's not just over the devil. Jesus didn't just exercise authority over the devil. He exercised authority over the, over the elements. He exercised authority over shortage and lack. He exercised authority over not enough. He exercised authority over religion. Amen. See, you need to talk to your finances all the time. Say, I forbid lack. I forbid shortages in my life. I forbid short months. Oh, hallelujah. That's not a positive confession. That's an exercising of your authority. I forbid it. Amen. Hallelujah. And then you don't plan for shortage. What? Did you forbid it to operate? Amen. You got to stand in your house and declare what's going to happen. This is how it's going to be in our house. Amen. I'm standing here with the love of my life. That I live with every day. And I, I can't count the times I've stood in our home and said, this is how it's going to be. Amen. This is how it's going to be. This will not happen in our home. It will not come. It will not. Amen. I forbid it. Amen. Amen. When, 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 we, when we don't pray about the finances of our church, we talk about them. We tell them what to do. Yeah. You will increase. When, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I'm praying for you all, I don't pray about your finances. I tell them to increase. 
The finances of my people increase. We all have good jobs. We all walk in raises and bonuses. I declare in the name of Jesus that every family in this church has more than enough in Jesus' name and you will not experience lack or suffer want. Because the Word of God says in the time of famine that you will laugh and you will rejoice and you will have more than enough. What you bind, what you forbid, then what you loose, what you allow, what you allow. Now that, that can be two things. What you loose in that you allow it, you loose it, but then what you don't do anything about. I allow it. Well, how is that allowed by heaven? Because you have the authority to stop it. I have the authority to put an end to it. The act of authority has to be initiated on earth. The act of authority has to be initiated on earth. And that's why we talked earlier about God said in Malachi, your words have been stout against me. Isn't it interesting that even under the old covenant, he couldn't overcome their words. Now religion goes, well, there's nothing God can't do except that. <laughs> that, that doesn't take away from God's power. It shows you his desire to be just. And let, let me end with this. When you're exercising your authority and you're saying something, you're, you're, and when you're saying you're exercising your authority, and you start saying things that you shouldn't say, here's the thing. Your spirit does nothing to stop it. It doesn't understand why you want that. But there will be no safeguards put up because you said it. Amen. That's important. You know, I've watched people talk them into things that they had no business having. But authority works. I'll close with this. No, I won't because I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to leave it with that. But I, I've, watched, I've watched ministers talk themselves into holes with their words. Without, without talking the abundance into the circumstance. Amen. Start, start exercising your authority where you're at. Don't just drive into a neighborhood that you want a house in and start calling the house. Start calling the finances. Start commanding the finances to show up. Amen. And then go talk to your house. You'll have what you say. Have what you say. You'll have what you say. And that's why I'm telling you, you got to start saying, it's not falling apart. That's a country song, not a scripture. <laughs> we don't fall to pieces. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Do, do you believe that? I believe that. Amen.
You know, and, and, and as we're wrapping this up, as we're closing. You know, the Bible says this in the book of Jeremiah. He says two things. He says, is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of resistance. The Amplified Bible says the rock of the most stubborn resistance. Tells me two things. The word of God, like a fire, will consume that circumstance. If if you've ever had to to clear ground, clear ground of of big boulders or or whatever, and uh, if you've ever used a sledgehammer or a pickaxe on a boulder, here's something you'll understand. When you first strike that rock, it may not be completely evident that anything changed. But if you're swinging a 18, 20 pound sledgehammer and you contact that rock, the integrity of that rock was compromised. And you, it may take a few more licks till you start seeing complete evidence of it. What's your job? Just keep swinging the hammer. Yeah, but nothing's changed. Don't say that. Are you working the word? I am. Then it's changing. Because Jesus said it was.